Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. I mean, the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me for the very first time on Beer with Geeks is MetPod co-host Lauren. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm super excited uh, to make my Beer with Geeks debut. Um, as someone who kind of started as a listener of uh, Supergirl TV Talk and Beer with Geeks, this is um, like a like a crazy milestone for me. So when did you start listening to Beer with Geeks? Like, were you were you there at the inception, the five year, you know, the five years ago when Frank and I were like bad audio equipment and we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> let's let's do this. You know, I, I can't say I've been around that long, but I uh, I think I started listening to you guys around season two of Supergirl because that's when I got really, really into the show. I was watching it already, um, but uh, I really got uh, invested in the story to start exploring other fandom, like uh, interaction and discourse um, in season two. And then uh, once I found I liked your personalities, I sought out your other podcast. Um, and I remember very distinctly, I had a drive to uh, from New York City to Georgia. Um, and I, that is a drive. Yes. And you guys were with me there every single, uh, like minute of the way, basically. Cause I went through and I found every single episode that mentioned Superman, Batman, or justice league. And I, uh, (laughs) downloaded and listened to them all. Um, so I, I can't say I've been there since the very beginning, but I have definitely listened to a whole bunch of episodes within like the first 10. That is crazy. That's so fun. Now, since you, since you seem to be a listener, you have a beer, you have a drink for us this evening i do i do not have a beer but i do have a uh seltzer a key lime flavored lacroix often pronounced lacroix um and (laughs) it is if i can give my connoisseur notes on it uh it is delightful it is less lime tasting more vanilla tasting i would compare it to a uh i I guess like a vanilla coke but without the acrid syrupy sugariness oh i kind of like that Actually, I'm not a big fan of vanilla Coke, but maybe I'll I'll try that one because I'm also drinking a LaCroix. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. But I'm drinking the Amur Pepino, uh, which is the blackberry cucumber. Um, it's like Oh, the, yes. Yeah. I love that one. Me too. It's really good. I got it kind of on a whim because I'm like, I blackberry cucumber, gin and tonic cucumber. I like that <laughs> as a summer drink. And and it is delightfully good. I thought LaCroix used to put sodium in their um, in their seltzers, but I don't think they do anymore or they never did. And I made that up in my brain. I'm not sure, but it's excellent. I'm glad that we both didn't go the beer route. That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll side note um, this since I'm giving, you know, the, the full rundown with all the notes and everything. Uh, the key lime one is uh, one of the special ones, as I believe yours is when you buy it. It costs like a dollar more in a box in the box. Um also, I have had years before. I find it's a really good post-workout drink just because of the cucumber, I guess. It's super refreshing. It is super refreshing. Good. This is, would be a good, yeah, that would be a good post-workout if I decided to work out again one day. Yeah, <laughs> it would be, well, that would be great. Same. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day I'll get back there. Oh, well. So we're here, but... Speaking of working out, actually, what a great segue this can be if I can if I can work this in. So you and I, you and I off the air quite frequently talk about superhero and supervillain costumes on screen and how they represented. And one must generally go to the gym to wear such costumes there. I did it. So (laughs) (laughs) there. 
I knew you had I, to like circle back around, but yes, you did. I did. I could. I probably could have gotten from gym to costumes, but I went costumes to gym. But it doesn't matter because that's not really why we're here. We're not here to talk about I segues. What you did. Thank you. Thank you. We're not here to talk about segues, though. So, so you and I. So Frank, Frank and I. I, I try to get Frank to talk about costumes, and it's just something that he's like generally not interested in when it comes to mutual shared interests. I'd be like. But did you notice the difference between this version of Captain America's costume and this version? And what? And and he's honestly, no, I didn't. I did not notice that. <laughs> <laughs> so whereas I notice almost everything, Same. I've always, yeah, I've always, always, always been a fan of costumes. Even when I was a kid, you know, they would do that. Part of that I think comes from being a comic fan when I'm a kid, you know, and like an an artist does. A co- like the artist does the costume slightly differently or it's like the new action figure you know is like oh they're in their space suit or they're this and it just like it gets you thinking oh, yeah. about it gets you thinking about you know what they're wearing and and how they're wearing it and so on and so forth so where do, where does the origins of you loving superhero and supervillain costumes come from well i think this is a really good time to reveal that uh in real life i am a professional snob Um, I, I am a fashion photographer, so I pay a lot of attention to aesthetics and I, I kind of always have, um, it was that thing where I guess suddenly it made sense that I, it, it, it's marketable to pay attention to other people's appearances. So I started doing that. Um, but I, I, I think I always had a huge imagination as a kid and, you know, um, when we were in our, our teens, um, Mm -hmm. that's when a lot of these adaptations really started coming out and like they became, less of a rare thing and more of a typical thing. Um, and for me, it was always interesting to, to, to see what they would do. Like how would they uh, do like a TV version of a costume or like a movie version of a costume. Um, and I would just fantasize about where these could go. And it, it was just always like the coolest thing for me. I guess like the way some people in fashion look at the Met Gala or something like, mm-hmm. oh, what's Blake Lively going to wear? I am always so excited to see what the costume is going to look like. That is a great comparison because that is literally how I think of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's great that this person's playing the part, but what is their <laughs> costume going to look like? I don't really care about the plot. That's nice. However, what are they going to look like when they're on? What are they going to look like when they're on screen? When I was, Tim, a... I never knew you were so shallow. Ah, oh, <laughs> incredibly shallow. That's why do you think I'm drinking a cucumber seltzer? Like, geez. <laughs> so... there you go. Is your pinky out when you're drinking it? No, but it was just as I was adjusting the microphone just now. But, okay. you know, you know, so it counts. When I was a kid, I had this book with my brother. It was this big Marvel encyclopedia that is incredibly outdated now. But it 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 was almost like the history of Marvel up until probably the mid 90s, mid to late 90s, something like that. But in there. So they had all these pictures of those um, Marvel television shows and serials and films and all of those and all of those different things that in growing up in the 90s like i didn't have access to any of any of that stuff like right. there was no way that you could like they had a picture of nicholas hammond as spider-man from the 70s tv show and so like we'd be there for like colin blockbuster being like do you have this and blockbuster's like no what are you crazy <laughs> of course we don't have this but we called so much they got it i don't think they even knew that it was us that we kept calling but eventually they actually did get a vhs tape of it and we watched it and it was terrible <laughs> it is truly Perfect. terrible so but anyway so i have opinions is you know that's actually really what podcasts are all about opinions <laughs> so what to what for you makes a good costume on screen I really should have thought about this before I hopped on here, shouldn't I? Nah, that's not, um, we're not about preparation on Beer with Geeks. Unless you're talking, you have to see the movie before you talk about it. But even then, that's not always, we don't always do that. So, it'd um, be a really fun Wing It episode. Um, let's see. Uh, well, I guess um, I am a huge DC fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I should just be straightforward with that. And it it's in a lot of aspects, especially costumes. Um, and for me, I really love how... Uh, how uh, comic accurate they try to make the costumes. Because I think Marvel goes the more utilitarian route where it's, they try to s- figure out how would this work best um, in a real-life setting. And mm-hmm. DC, I think their first thought is, how can we make this look like how it does in the comics? And then we'll figure out 
how to make how to like adapt it and make it like more practical later. Yep, I would agree. I think in the last ten years, I think that's I think that's the way to go. I think the maybe two thousand well two thousand eight is the Dark Knight and Iron right. Man right and so in the Batman Begins is two thousand five which is the like mm-hmm. this is the real world version of the suit blah 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 and so I think I think you're and right that's the exception to mm-hmm. like the the practical. I agree. And from there, I think you're right that Marvel went mostly in a route that says if the, if this were real, this is what it would look like. Captain America is a great example of that. The first adventure, yes. like, you know, like his the like even the red, um, you know, the red stripes on his abdomen to form the flag are actual straps. They're not aesthetic. Right. They're not there for aesthetic purposes. They're there because they hold part of his padding part of it, armor. And then that's the if this were real version, whereas after the dark Knight, you know, you get, you know, Superman and Batman and wonder woman. And it's really like, you know, it's not practical for wonder woman to be running around in what she's wearing, but it, it doesn't matter because that's what she wears. So, you know, and that's actually, can well, I argue that the only thing that's not practical is her heels? Uh, yes. The wedges I would are definitely not practical, but you know, I will, I will backtrack. As soon as I said Wonder Woman, I was like, you know what? That's not true because she basically wears what anybody would be wearing in ancient Greece or ancient Rome. So, so I would say, all right, I'll backtrack on Wonder Woman, but okay. So like, let's say Batman is a perfect example of an (laughs) impractical costume because you can't, you have no peripheral vision in a Batman mask, no matter which version of the character you're talking like he just i've never once thought about that yeah you're absolutely right you would only see what's in front of you and there's no and you wouldn't be able to hear well because it's covering your ears and so i do know that um ben affleck on bvs used to have to be guided towards places when he had the mask on because he could he could barely see where he was going so which honestly if you think about the fight choreography in that film whether it's him or his stunt double is even more impressive than it is just because they can barely see where they're going right and you know it's funny because uh uh in arrow season two Mm -hmm. when he meets barry allen that's barry allen's gift to him is he gives him like a mask that helps him see that's right uh, the compression mask that's right right and I, you know, even seeing that episode and being fully aware of it, uh, I never once thought about that with Batman. Yep. Yeah. You'd, and I mean, and Oliver's reason in, on that show is like, what? Well, yeah, because it blocks part of your range and the mask. His version is that the mask wouldn't move with his face. So when he needs to turn quickly, it wouldn't work the way that you wanted it to. And so, right. yeah, at least Batman's mask moves with him if you count, if you don't count the bat pivot you know, up until the dark night got rid of the bat pivot. So is that, is that the term for when he turns his entire body to, to see behind him? Yeah. That's what they started calling it in the oh. Michael Keaton movie because he couldn't turn or see or hear um, at least other versions of Batman could move their neck, but they used to call it the bat pivot because he had to figure out a way to not look ridiculous turning his whole body, <laughs> which if you, if you know that he does it, it's hard not to, it's very hard to unsee it because you're like, oh, I imagine there it would make goes. like a, a really awesome college drinking game. Oh, the bat pivot. I think you would die depending on the version <laughs> of, I think you would just die. That's I'm... a late night episode of beer with geeks. <laughs> well, no, I want to, I want to, I want to live. So <laughs> the very last, the very last episode, we just watch, we just do a, a commentary on Batman 89 and then hopefully we make it out alive at the end of it. That would be there. We go. That would be fine. So, so you have you're you're a, a DC aficionado over a Marvel aficionado. I love both pretty much equally. I think each had their merits. I like my DC comics more than my Marvel comics, but I like my films. To, I'm film dependent, I guess, instead of company dependent. So, do you have a list of of film costumes that you say? Yes, this really works, whether it's Marvel or DC or other. Um, you know, we could talk Hellboy or the Rocketeer or the Phantom of the Shadow or anything like that. And then do you have a list that you, you think, no, this absolutely is trash. It does not work. Um, before I give my uh, actually I'll, before I give like the, the suits that I love, um, I do want to take time to uh, 
revisit one of my favorites because I am mostly a DC girl, but I love X-Men so much. Like, so, so, so much. Like, in my lifetime, I want to see, like, a uh, like a Netflix-style um, X-Men show because I believe that television is the only way you can do that ensemble cast justice. You know, that's funny. That um, you, that's really funny you say that. I saw somebody tweeting about that today that says, it like, the, <laughs> it wasn't you, but somebody said, you know, the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters, you know, the, the mutant school, is basically Hogwarts. So why is that not something that people are taking advantage of on television? Something. Yeah, that's a, uh, it's that's a really. I, I don't point. think X Men should be a movie like ever. It's which I love it. I love it so much, and um, I love those early Brian Singer movies. Um, but it should absolutely be a television show. Anywho, uh, in the X Men one point five DVD, one point five is like the the name of the version that had like a million special features yep, on it. I remember. There's. Yep. <laughs> You probably aren't know the scene I'm about to point out. There's like this outtake where they're hopping, I think around like the Statue of Liberty or something, mm-hmm. um, and they can't hop the wall because their leather suits are so <laughs> tight. <laughs> like they can I, only get their feet like maybe two feet off the ground before it, it constricts them. So that is the definition of that 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 costume should not have happened. Yes. Well. That was the era of superhero films where they were like, all right, I don't know if pe- pe- Batman and Robin bombed, so I don't know if people <laughs> are going to buy costumes. So let's have this line in a movie where Logan says, oh, you really go outside in these things? And Cyclops is like, what do you want, yellow spandex? Ha, 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 references. Um, but that what you, that scene you just talked about, like the yellow spandex, they'd be able to get over the wall. So Exactly. You know? <laughs> So I think your X Men to me is a the X the original X Men uniforms is a is a great example of a uh, a very transition period. a transition period a very unique point in superhero films where they're like it can't look too much like a costume because people don't like costumes somebody decided somewhere along the way people don't like costumes but I say right. that's half the fun of superheroes is that they because like I can watch. Any police procedural, I can watch Hawaii Five O and watch them do like crazy super heroic things or whatever. But I like the costumes. I want to see them do them in colorful uniforms or whatever. Even the idea of calling them uniforms over costumes in the X Men is a is a great example of that. Oh no, we're a team. We wear uniforms. That's They're, true. When Joss Whedon wrote the X Men, uh, pretty much around that same time, a little bit after that, um, after Grant Morrison's run, where they were all in the the leather you know body body pieces body suits um some i think it was wolverine says something about like are we actually wearing these again and cyclops says wear (laughs) superheroes superheroes wear costumes or something like that and and that and that was that and boy x-men but then you have spider-man right after that sam raimi spider-man and everyone would have flipped if spider-man was just like in a zip-up that's true. And I actually think the Spider-Man costume is probably one of the best. That that movie's version of it, like, it can't be beat, in my opinion. Like, I, they've done little change-ups to, you know, the Amazing Spider-Man, the second, like, mm-hmm. uh, attempt at it. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, um, what's his name? Tom Holland, the current Spider-Man. Yep. Um, his, his suit looks good, but honestly, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man costume was perfection. I think that Sam Raimi's version pops on screen the way that some other ones the some other ones don't part of that is the raised webbing i know they did that because they were yep. afraid that you know before the the days of hgtv even you know 4k or hd whatever that they were afraid like you wouldn't even see the webbing if you know if we didn't raise it above the costume oh i had no idea about that yeah so they so that's why it, that's why you get that but it also gives it a really nice textured look i actually really like the amazing spider-man 2 costume um, he it's it's a classic Spider-Man suit, apart from the giant, long-legged, almost daddy long legs spider <laughs> on the on the back. But his eyes are extremely large, and I like that because he would actually be able to see out of the mask that way. So, um, right. Tobey Maguire's mask is a great example of you're not. It's it's the same with the Batman mask. Like your peripheral vision would just be zero. Um, well, he's got Spidey senses to help him. That is like that. that is true. That is true. I mean, even Marvel gives this version, their version of Peter, a reason to have a restrictive mask that he has 
you know, sensory overload. And so it actually helps him focus on what's in front of him, which is a I like when films give reasons for why people are dressed the way they are, you know, because because it's my favorite part. Yeah, right. Because the I don't need the suit to necessarily be functional, but I, I like I like the film coming up with a reason why they have to wear what they wear. The um, I have a friend who loads, loads the Ben Affleck Daredevil costume, <laughs> which is a great example of trying to be Spider-Man and X-Men at the same time. Because Yes, it, I was about to say that. Exactly. Yeah, because it's this red. He's just basically wearing a red biker jacket. And my friend hates that there's a zipper on the front of it. Just like. Like and I remember that I remember interviews with the director being like, well, you know, he doesn't really have super strength, so he would need like a, a rather almost protective material, and he's not super wealthy, so where would he make a costume? So like here he is in some leather, you know, like he like he would be riding a motorcycle. I don't mind it. I kind like I think it kind of works, but I'm also willing to accept costumes from their era because I like the you know same. I like those backstories. Yeah, speak, um, speaking of bad costumes, though, that bullseye non-costume <laughs> in Daredevil is oh my gosh. not having it. Absolutely not. Um, oh. On the topic of the Amazing Spider-Man 2, I confess I never saw the movie. But um, the first one I didn't love too much because it looked kind of like a basketball. It, th- th- I have been saying that for years. You're the first person to say that without me saying it first. Thank you. <laughs> he looks like he's wearing basketball skin, and it's... Yes, it, it's kind of strange. It's I don't mind it. He looks like original Steve Ditko Spider Man, like very first right. appearance. Um, but I prefer wide eyed. Amazing Spider Man Two. He looks like Ultimate Spider Man, which is my like my preferred go to version. So, um, but that's the move. That's leaving the movie aside. That's just his costume. We don't have to talk right. about the actual movie, <laughs> but I'm domi- um, I'm I'm dominating. You you give me some of yours. Oh, um, well, uh, on the topic of um, like seeing costumes and like seeing how they're realized, uh, I think it's we were talking about how you love when there's like meaning attributed to why something is a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that from the problem solving aspect because, um, you know, it's it's just a really fun challenge when you think about it to take something that in our context that doesn't work and then to just brainstorm and uh, find a way to make it work. That is so rewarding. And it's amazing to see that process as a fan. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't want to seem like an absolute DC extended universe fangirl, but I love every single one of those costumes. Um, I love how in Man of Steel, they, it was this idea that he, that the, the chainmail suit it was like it was like the undersuit to armor which yes. makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i and also love that also right and it, it's also beautiful because he doesn't have to wear armor because he's the first of his kind that has well i guess they all would have had powers if they were on earth but just this idea that he there's like the the nakedness to him that he's pure that he doesn't need something to protect him um i love that as a fan i i absolutely I absolutely agree with that. I've never actually thought about him almost being like naked in, in a way that like he doesn't need the armor that would accompany the re- like what his father wore or anything like that. Um that's an interesting that's a very interesting perspective. It actually makes me appreciate his costume a little bit more. I do I think despite it not being my favorite of the DC EU films, I think his justice league costume is my favorite because I, I, I like how I like the blue in that costume the best. He's, he's, he's a little too, he's a little too muted in man of steel and it's a, and it's a little too Navy for my taste in, in BVS. But I, I like, I like when super like Superman sh- Superman doesn't have to hide. I think that's what right. it comes down to. Like just like he doesn't need to wear armor, and so I like the blue making a statement no matter where he is. And so if the blue is bright enough, not maybe Christopher Reeve bright. That was almost like a like a sky- teal. teal, a robin's egg blue, something like that. Um, but that that works for him. But I really like that almost royal blue. Man of Steel look. Personal. I, personal I feel preference. you because 
I, I feel you with liking the blue. I will say though, his Justice League, the iteration, uh, the Justice League iteration of his costume is my least favorite because he looked very balloony. If you don't know much about the costumes, um, or I'm not, I guess I just kind of like one man's mind to you. I don't know if you actually do know this. You probably do. But um, even if even if I don't, maybe somebody who's listening doesn't, so, or vice true. versa. So tell me anyway. Uh, so the he wears a a silvery muscle suit underneath, and it's mm-hmm. blackened in parts to show definition. Um, and then the blue suit actually is very, very thin. Like, think how thin spandex is. It's even thinner. It's meant to be sort of see-through, so the silver comes from underneath. Um, and I think they pushed it too far in Justice League because it looks very balloon-like. I actually did a very kind of, a, a, I guess, sarcastic tweet where I just posted the image of him in his Justice League suit next to the Batman and Robin images because they were, like, actually the same amount of shininess. And I mean, like, the Batman Robin movie from, like, 1990, whatever seven. it was. Uh, there you go. Seven, yeah. <laughs> it's a day that um, w- a year that will live in infamy. Tim, that was my first Batman movie ever. Oh, what a what a tragic way to start. I love it though. Like it's it's funny. Um, this is a tangent. Um, because that's my first Batman movie. I love the idea of like uh, uh, diesel punk Gotham and like you know clown gangs and like motorcycle gangs and stuff. I love the idea of like the neon colors and everything. Um, it's you know I was too young to understand that it was bad, so I have a really soft spot for it. But anyway, back to costumes. Um, the Justice League version, he looks like a balloon to me. Um, uh, in my personal preference, as someone who finds Henry Cavill attractive, I uh, don't love him in Batman versus Superman because I think he looked a little too bulky. I love how lean he is in Man of Steel. And I love the, there's a couple different, uh, um, I guess, costume changes from uh, Man of Steel to Batman versus Superman. Um, the, the blue is slightly different. The belt is different. Um, uh, and I, I just love, uh, oh, and then the, sorry, the, the wrist, uh, accents are different. Mm-hmm. It's more of like a, a rubberized, um, cuff in the first, uh, in the first movie. And the second one, it's like these sort of ribbony stripes that go up his arm. I, I forgot about the rib stripes. You're right. I do kind of agree on the bulkiness factor. Like, although I like bulky Superman, he's like almost like, um, it works more for Superman than it does for Clark Kent, though. There's something I, I very much like about um, almost like farm boy Clark Kent, you know, like Midwestern right. 6'5", just I grew up moving hay. Six, so, six, well, you know what I mean, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, just like a, you know, larger than life because I grew up moving hay kind of look. I right. I kind of like that, but it's easy. But also a lean Superman is like, I don't need to be huge because I'm Superman. So there's I think two sides to it. I think also just I, th- I think it made him look more beautiful as a man when he was uh lean because he he looked like a god and a model at the same time, whereas the second movie, like um there's actually just <laughs> I saw this on Tumblr. There's a juxtaposition of him and uh, a poster in the first movie and then him in the poster of the second movie, and someone wrote, Did he eat himself? Because he looks so <laughs> huge. <laughs> um, <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah. Um, little nitpicky detail that a fashion photographer would pick up on and, like, really, really hate over the years. Uh, also, um, him and Man of Steel, he had black hair. And that is sort of a costuming decision. Um, they mm-hmm. kept his uh, – Henry Cavill kept his natural, like, sort of dark brown hair in the later movies. But really, I think one of the, the aspects of Superman is, is he's supposed to be a beautiful-looking man, like, like something, someone who does not look of this earth. Bright blue eyes, um, normally tan skin, um, the black hair, because that's not a combination you really see often. Right. He's he's otherworldly with while also being of the world, but not of the world and all these things. He's supposed to be a, a statue, basically, you know, this yeah. a Renaissance statue. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess a Renaissance statue if you painted the hair black, I guess, <laughs> which Michelangelo would probably not approve of. Just throwing that out there. Probably wouldn't like it if you touched his statues. Moses, I'm just going to color your hair in red. That's what I'm feeling today. Photoshop is a thing if you want a visual. That's true. It is a thing, which I do not have. Why have visuals? I just don't have Photoshop. So (laughs) so let's let's table. Let's table Superman. Actually, let's table male heroes. Let's 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 move over to female heroes. Is there 
it's almost a smaller pool to to pull from. It is, you know, uh, but like what works for some, what works for some characters, and what works for other characters, and then generally, where do you draw the line at a costume designer, like I guess leaving their mark versus pulling in like pulling inspiration like how far is too far because sometimes costumes on a page are almost impossible to wear you know they're not designed to be functional when you're drawing them in a comic spider-man is a great example Um, of that you would never actually be able to fight crime in that or batman or something you know so where can you like where are can you allow where can you allow some kind of change versus what is essential to a character's costume. If you don't mind, I want to wrap up the DC uh, stuff real quick, just because it does tie into female costumes. Go for it. Um, real quick, I love that the DC Extended Universe does its uh, its absolute best to try to make a costume look exactly like what is on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the most amazing uh, uh, like demonstration of that is the Aquaman costume. Um, Truly. Which Truly, right? You're talking literally the, the actual Aquaman costume, not the not the Justice League costume. The actual Aquaman costume, like they did that. Mm-hmm. They really did that. Um, the Wonder Woman costume. I love that the the version that came out with the movie is now the default. Anytime any comic you've read since that movie came out, that is a costume she's wearing, mm-hmm. and it's completely functional. It has her same color scheme. It's a skirt, and it's there. Um, I have two characters I want to talk about with female costumes uh, who have very different costumes. They're also very, very sexual. Um, uh, the one, It's weird because uh, the Catwoman costume from Batman Returns is, honest to God, probably the most impractical costume that has ever existed. Oh, She had to be vacuum sealed. Mm-hmm. Yes, she had to be vacuum sealed into that costume. You would not be able to do move, let alone do anything athletic in it. Nope, and greased. But, they had to, between takes, they had to paint her to keep her shiny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and, but at the same time, that is probably one of the coolest Catwoman costumes that will ever exist, mm-hmm. and I make an allowance for it. It's true. It's very cool. I like that costume particularly I was thinking of because you're right, it's not practical, and I don't need my superhero costumes to be practical, and actually all of the Tim Burton the Tim Burton Batman costumes are a perfect example of that. A complete like this, you would die the, your first day going out as Batman wearing something like that. There's he it, literally rips his cowl apart in Batman Returns. It's not. It's not protective it's like, material. It's not helpful. Right. <laughs> Even though it withstands bullets in both movies, it's fine. That's not important right now. But but her costume ties to her character because as as her psyche begins to break more and more throughout the film her costume also becomes undone like she's literally mm-hmm. stitched herself back together and she's like holding herself in in this costume it being vacuum sealed and then and then as she her costume starts to unravel she also is unraveling which is she looks incredibly disheveled by the end of the film because she's completely snapped herself and then she right. like spoilers for batman returns but you know she dies quote unquote and then that final shot of the film is her reborn all over again. She's mended herself because she's lived, you know, like that's two lives that she's gone through once as Selena Kyle. She died once as Selena Kyle, once as Catwoman, and now she's back again. There's really some, like I prefer costumes with forethought like that. And I, I appreciate that about her costume. And it also has a little uh, of that element you like where there's something kind of cool and practical in there. Um, where her claws, she does have claws, which help her, you know, be violent and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they have like the the needles sewn in, like the aren't they like um? Oh, they're what are sewing. They? Like I don't know if they're like um, safety. I don't know if they're safety, that's safety pins. pins. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. Yeah, I think they're safety pins. That that's cool. That's a very. I mean, she she had a lot of latex in her closet for somebody who's very meek and doesn't like to go outside. But that's my, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Yes, like the her introduction uh, in the movie is just like the most unSelena Kyle thing ever, but it's you know her version is so iconic. Um, speaking of iconic, the uh, look at that segue. First timer here, and she knows what she's doing. That's very um, good. <laughs> another, uh, but the other costume I want to mention um, is iconic because it references someone. Um, it is Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad, which I love this costume. It was. 
you know, that's not what Harley Quinn looks like in the comics, but they had a lot of, uh, like, uh, I, there are a lot of things they had to consider. Like, for one, they couldn't, they couldn't have her in the, the Jester costume. I think, actually, actually, being a listener of your podcast, I remember when you reviewed this on Beer with Geeks, and you said something to the effect of, that's great. You let me see it. I never want to see that again. Yep, I, I distinctly remember seeing it. I still think it. Like, I saw it on screen. It doesn't work. I mean, certainly that was a very, like, it was it was a jumpsuit. And her, you know, the headpiece was, you know, it was almost like a low-budget cosplay versus, you yeah. know, uh, a practical ensemble. But you know what? I saw it, and that's fine, and we can we can move on with our lives. That's okay. So... In, in lieu of that, I think that's why they gave her the pigtails is because they still wanted to have something that uh, called the image of the stripe down her head. Mm-hmm. So the idea of Carly Quinn with pigtails, I, I love that. Also because, you know, she kind of acts like a little girl. Um, but so uh, she, has people pig- did not- she has pigtails starting in the New 52 in the comics as well. There we go. Which that decision was made, I think, for the similar reasons. Because in the New 52, isn't she... Is it New 52 or Injustice where it's like half red and then half black? That is the New 52. And then once Suicide Squad came out, they changed it so that she has blonde hair with the pink and the blue. So the film actually then influenced the comics. There we go. Um, so uh, I don't know if the listeners might know this, but um, Harley Quinn's costume in Suicide Squad uh, is based off of an, uh, an outfit that Debbie Harry wore in 1978 or something. Debbie Harry from Blondie. Um, Tim, did you know that? I, I vaguely remember you tweeting about it pretty recently, right? Was, it, was that yeah, you? Uh, probably. Yes. Probably, yes. Yeah, I did not know that. That was that was brand new information when I when I saw the tweet. But oh, that is I love that it. was a great I don't think I've seen I haven't seen anybody pick up on that, really. <laughs> so I'm a huge Blondie fan. Um and I think Blondie is one of those bands that people might not know that they know them. Um for if anyone does not think that they don't know Blondie, they sing Heart of Glass one way or another, um, and call me. Uh, So Debbie Harry is like this giant sex symbol and like punk icon from the 70s. She was like the girl in the punk scene. um, And her boyfriend, who was also in the band, he uh, did this iconic photo shoot with her where she was in a shirt that said vultures on it and it had a bunch of holes in it. um, Mm. And she wore leather panties and uh, a studded belt. um, And literally like, uh, Harley, this has been said, Harley Quinn uh, confirmed, uh, Harley Quinn's outfit in Suicide Squad was inspired by Debbie Harry. And it's kind of cool because they showed her, um, her being Margot Robbie, a bunch of those costumes and she chose the Debbie Harry one. Um, which is great because Harley is called Blondie, like I think in, in the comics, like whenever you see a blonde girl, she inevitably is called blonde at some point mm-hmm. in her life. Yep. Um, and here's a crazy, crazy, crazy bit of trivia. Um, I think it's in Batman... What was that? A Batman Harley Quinn, the animated movie that came out about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Harley sings a Blondie song in that movie. Literally, the actress who play, who voices Harley in that movie, she there's a scene where they're like Melissa, all in a bar and Melissa she Ranch. Ranch. There we go. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. They're they're like in a karaoke bar and she has to distract everyone, so she starts singing and she sings a Blondie song. Um, so that is just insane. Wow. Uh, to me, that is <laughs> right. Look at you. Lay in the connections and the knowledge, and this is your I first a... episode of Beer with Geeks. Look at you. S- see, this is why I knew I'd fit in, and this is why I aggressively became friends with you guys on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty aggressive. All of a sudden, there I was like, go. wow, I've, I've known you for two years already. How did that happen? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I obviously have a huge bias here because I love Bondi and I recognize their importance. The decision to um, present... Harley in Suicide Squad, which David Ayer, I think he actually used to be in gangs in Los Angeles or ran around with gangs. Mm-hmm. He did make it gang inspired. So that was a really cool uh, cultural departure, I think. I I agree and disagree all at the same time. I don't. I think in a, the DCEU up until Suicide Squad was very much like, like, as you said, like, this is what the characters look like on the page. And now this is what they're going to look like on screen. It's the and Suicide Squad departs from that drastically. It mm-hmm. it goes in a it goes in a completely different direction. It's like, oh, I guess that's kind of what they look like. So we'll do our own thing. And I think it works for some characters and and some not. I think the inspiration for Harley certainly works very well. And I don't think the say the Jester costume works in that ensemble the way that. Um, 
the way that the film presents itself. But I kind of just and it, I got used to comic comic accuracy costumes yeah so sometimes the suicide squad suicide squad costumes leave me with a little something to be desired but it depends on the character i think the deadshot one is fine i think killer croc's makeup looks terrific you know so there are instances where it's okay actually am i actually don't mind the i'm one of the few that i don't mind the joker's look in suicide squad i just (laughs) i don't like damaged i don't I don't care for the tattoos. I, and they're right. a little too like, Joker's a little too self knowledgeable for some of those tattoos. Um, and I don't like I don't like the grill. Um, it's it, I find it more distracting than anything. Like I just like can't stop looking at his mouth in the wrong way. <laughs> but um, I you know like the Al- the purple Alice Gator skin coat or anything like that. I think all that works just fine. Right. I I will say that I love the um the hand on the back of his hand like he he does it he does this move in the movie where he puts his hand yes. on top of his mouth mm-hmm. and then it's like a mouth on top of his mouth and you can tell that he does that that that's probably like a thing that he does often in you know the mm-hmm. DC extended universe world um but uh as far as like his general look goes um i don't mind it because they have found a way to dress him like a gangster in different ways you know certainly the jack nicholson uh, variation they made him look like a gangster in like the the 1920s sure, he like, looks uh, like al capone in purple or something like that yeah i'm actually exactly. looking at that one right now it's funny that you say that i jack nicholson's joker is such an interesting costume because he just basically is the joker like there's like this is what the joker wears this is what jack Nicholson's gonna wear and it's his face you know with the with the permagrin that that makes gives you the twist of you know something new and fresh and different as opposed to just looking like Cesar Romero, but his costume is just his costume. You know, it's different when they're clothes, like, you know, like the Joker has a color scheme. So it's almost in a weird way, hard to screw that up. You know, it's not the same as like, Ooh, that Batman cowl doesn't look good. Or why did you change the, why did you change Captain America's shield to be a square? That's, that was a strange right. decision. It's it's practical clothes. That's right. Yeah. It's practical clothes. Um, so, and that, cause it, it's almost the opposite of Catwoman where Jack Nicholson's clothes is, he's just pants and a jacket and a tie and it works in every scene that he's in and he wears purple before he becomes the Joker in that film. So it's just, yes, he just wears what he wears sort of becomes a little bit more flamboyant as the movie goes on. But you know, <laughs> don't we all become more flamboyant as we get older? Uh, true. I wanted to throw the question back to you. I feel like I've been dominating a lot now, um, pointing out all my favorite like versions of costumes. Um, are there any that you love that I haven't hit? Hmm. That's a great, this is a truly great question. I love, maybe because I was a kid when they came out, I love the the Michael Keaton versions of the Batman suit. However impractical they are, they work so well on screen as silhouettes and in shadow and f- as if you're talking framing the character like and what they look like, I think that they're quite good. And so I appreciate those. I appreciate those very much. Um, I love the, I love the Captain America costumes from the Marvel films at except for Avengers. Nobody really cares for that one, but um, it's the mask that really screws him over on that one (laughs) Uh, to go in a, let me see a slightly different direction than what we've been talking about. I think the Iron Man armors always look good for the most part, except for Iron Man three. Oh, that armor is just terrible. It's too much gold it is truly, truly awful. Um, for characters that you don't see a lot on s- screen, I think um, Disney's the Rocketeer has an amazing costume because it's not a costume. And I, I love that about, have you ever seen the Rocketeer? I have not. It, I don't even think I know what it's about. It is a it's about this kid kid. It's like this like late teens, early twenties, who works at an airfield during World War Two and he's like a test pilot kind of thing, or he wants to be. Mm-hmm. He's like a showman or almost. And he and this guy, Alan Arkin, maybe Alan Alda, it's one of them. I can't remember. 
Alan Arkin. Pretty sure it's Alan Arkin. They find a rocket pack, and it ends up being like a. It ends up being a experiment from the government. It ends up being an experiment for the government to kind of like help take down the Nazis. And there's like secret Nazis in there. It's like very pulp fun, but his costume is a pair of khakis and boots and a leather jacket. That's that's it. But hit the character Alan. Alda, Arkin, whatever, whichever one, makes this very Art Deco helmet. And it's got these really big wide eyes and a grill mouth and this very cool fin and whatever else. And that's the whole thing. And it just works beautifully on screen. It creates such a good frame. Are you looking at it right now? I just realized we're on the Earth Geeks. I have one lookup. Oh, you have a lookup. Yeah, use it. Go look it up. That's right. It really is. Uh... It really is a spectacular costume on screen and that's probably one of my favorite i think it makes the character better because it looks so good on screen oh i love this right you were you weren't kidding with the art deco thing his the top of his helmet kind of looks like um like a like a cadillac i want to say yeah like a like a Mm -hmm. like a car that's that's a really Um, he looks like he belongs on the chrysler building right and then his jacket is uh it looks kind of like um how they did jay garrick's costume on the flash Yes, I can see I can see the connection there. That also, you know, art deco ish inspired. Right. Oh, speaking of, we haven't talked about like TV at all. Oh, we haven't talked about TV. Well, let's wrap around to TV because I mean there are so many superhero costumes out there in like which ones work and which ones don't work. We could do we could do a whole like top ten like bad and good. And you know what? You're welcome back to do that at any time. But let's talk about TV in the generic sense in that sometimes they're beautiful and sometimes they're not so beautiful. Um and sometimes it's season dependent. If you go really far back and you look at like the Incredible Hulk, you know, Lou Ferrigno, that technically that's mm-hmm. a costume, his body paint. His wig is terrible, yeah. but the rest of it kind of works. You know, he's a big <laughs> hulking man. Um, although it's funny, there are a couple TV films for the Incredible Hulk, and Daredevil is just Daredevil's on one of them, and he's just in a black stocking, you know, like a black spandex with the hood covered <laughs> over. And then that crept its way into comics, and then that crept its way onto Netflix. So it all oh, comes. There we go. It all comes back around. I actually really love the Netflix Daredevil costume because it's a. It's a costume, but it's also it's got that practical side where he's like it's just a quote unquote body armor, but his helmet mask thing really works on screen, depending on the yeah. season. But it it really works for him, and I appreciate I'm, that. I'm slightly lukewarm on the the Netflix costumes, especially. I think probably if we want to make a list of like the worst costumes ever, probably the Iron Fist one is oh, at just number one. So tragic. Because it's a non it's yeah. a non costume. Daredevil is really the only one that has a costume, up, unless but, you count the Punisher and Elektra. And that's oh, that's true. That's um, Punisher works actually. Punisher really works, but the rest. I will say. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, nope, I'm, I'm done. Go. I, I will say the 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 decision to put Luke Cage in a hoodie was probably the most, um, uh, I guess like emotionally uh, grabbing decision. That in, a, in like a superhero um, context that I've come across, um, it was like their tribute to Trayvon Martin. So even though he's in a hoodie and that's his costume, I I love that they did that. Ooh, that's very good. See, you're laying down the. I feel like I have to step up my game. I'm trying to think. Like, so <laughs> Michael Keaton's costume in Batman Returns, instead of it looking like a human, reflects the Art Deco style of the city. So he almost is like one of the gargoyles looming over Gotham. There, I did it. we're literally having a measuring contest right now okay i see you're michael keaton and i raise you i don't actually have a response don't do not take me seriously. no that's okay Okay. that's all i've got too so we're (laughs) we're two for two so it's all good it's all good um but the the netflix dc DC, i think that the i think that the green arrow costume on cw for the most part works depending on the depending on the season but um, but generally, but generally it's good. I mean, it's the green arrow. It's hard to screw up. He almost could do with more colors in his suit. Like it's too like four screen, like throw some brown in there or something like that. You know, <laughs> give me something to look <laughs> the, at. Right. 
Um, I think the the Green Arrow costume it, it's kind of like the the um the Wonder Woman costume in the sense that it kind of took everything that was being done in comics and then it was so great it sort of changed the way people want to see that suit mm-hmm. from now on. Yep, I agree. Um, I don't love the Flash suit because when I look at that, I think, oh, we're basically back in the early two thousands with you know a leather costume for for it's weird how it makes sense for Oliver and he literally he does ride a motorcycle sometimes, mm-hmm. but um. Uh, I'm not a fan of uh, Barry Allen's suit on The Flash. What about his uh, spandex suit in season five? I think it looks horrible. I don't. I, I, I'm sorry. No, I. That's your. That's fine. I think the body looks okay, but the mask is terrible. Mask. Is, I think the whole thing looks terrible, and I will also say that that includes the mask, which I think is terrible. Yeah, mask is terrible. It's because he doesn't have a chin. And so the yeah. and so like he need it's the same with Chris Evans in the Captain America outfit like they need the chin strap because they have right. Irish chin i.e. no chin at all so or potentially um, French chin also no chin so whatever it, it's funny they uh, they did that to make it more comic accurate because he doesn't have a chin strap in the comics but I you know I get what they're trying to do at that point you just need. To to me, if it were up to me, I would just choose to ignore it because it doesn't look good. Nope, I agree. It just, yeah, it's just, it's not a good look for him. I think Supergirl's costume is is pretty. I mean, they don't really touch it at all. So I right, it's actually the one costume that hasn't had modifications since uh, season one because uh, Barry and Oliver basically get a new costume every season, even if it's just like tiny little things to it. Um, Barry has had what, like four, four different, different costumes. Suits. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oliver has had like four or five. Um, yeah, but Kara uh, has had the same costumes, and she's on season four. Yeah, well, I think because it, it's it's simple and it's I mean it's their costumes are in a way like body suit uniforms, but it's that same idea that like Kara doesn't need the armor or the anything, so like she's in a shirt and skirt and so it kind of works for her i do wish that she had the yellow but i'm far past the point of oh, caring but i i forgot that i cared about that you are right mm-hmm. i agree with you 200 well i think it's because they needed a way to distinguish that that's you're looking at supergirl not superman i think that's right i think that's part of it i also think that they didn't think that the yellow would play super well on screen like oh the yellow is you know, too old school or whatever. We got to make like our mark right. on it a little bit. And so, but it's fine. It works for her. But I think the yellow makes the S stand out more. So it, she would right. make a bigger impact. Like the, the crest would mean more if you could see it better. But it's, that's a minor, that's a minor squabble on Kara's well, outfit. Two things about that. Um, I, I do think uh, there is that that makes it stand out more. Um, but I, I, when you look at Supergirl merch, and if it's something that's shield based where it's just the S emblem, um, that is what distinguishes it. That's how you know I'm buying something that's Supergirl versus Superman is if you see the blue behind it. Um, so while I, I do miss the yellow, it kind of was a good marketing choice because then, you know, she could become, you know, even she has a show now. Superman doesn't have a show right now. She has a show. And but you could still look at the Superman logo and you would never think Supergirl. Mm. But when you see that logo, you think Supergirl. Um, just another kind of f- cool, uh, fun fact is the original Man of Steel suit was blue underneath. Um, in the earliest test photos of Henry Cavill in the suit, uh, it's just the the thin um, like spandex, spandex, and it's the the emblem put on top. They painted the suit afterwards to be gold. Huh? Like they physically painted the cloth. You know, I vaguely remember a like promotional still. Or something like that, where it was it was just the red and the blue, where they didn't have the mm-hmm. yellow at all. I I remember them releasing that. That's crazy. Well, I'm glad that's there because it works. It pops well. I agree. Um, if I can uh, harp on Supergirl just a little bit more, go for it. Uh, I I love that they. I think that they essentially took um the Helen Slater costume from the 1984 movie and they brought it to to life because she's had like a lot of iterations like she's had you know like crop top no crop top she's had uh like pants she's had no pants she's had like a sort of like um like a uh a unibody suit um and uh she has had the skirt but ultimately it looks like they basically said how do we take the helen slater supergirl the one that probably most people know 
and how do we bring it to life? Because right down to the little, uh, the belt with the V, the chevron, I guess, um, that is completely Helen Slater's Supergirl look with the blue meeting the, the V and then going into the red skirt. Um, so I thought that was super cool. Um, I They do have the little details. They have the lines. They have her. You called it the arm thong last week. We were talking about mm-hmm. something completely unrelated, thumb, and you called it the arm thumb, thong. Thumb thong. <laughs> thumb thumb thong. thong. I, I'm a fan of alliteration. You got to. Yeah, but that's I mean, that's what it is. That That's the you know, that it holds the it holds her arm down, you know, make sure it doesn't get wrinkly. I will come up with a better term for this. I just cannot right now. Oh, sure. Um, I'm not in love with her tights or her um, or her. I call them the go go boots, like the flappy boots. Um, I, I wish they were just like calf length. It, I. It I don't I think the boots being so high are in some ways impractical, but when she slides on the ground and does stuff like that, I means she's not ripping the tights. So you know. That's true. I wonder how often she goes through tights. Probably it's probably her biggest, you know, uh, probably her biggest thing on the budget. That would be my that would be my guess. They just order like Costco packs of women's sheer tights. Maybe she maybe she reuses them and makes new ones. I don't know. It's that's one of those mysteries that I don't want to I don't want to unravel. Um, speaking of TV, some of those side characters on all those shows. Mm. Wait, can I make a Supergirl note real quick? Yeah, just because I think you'll love this. Okay. Um, because uh, I actually did think about this a little bit before I appeared today, and I knew I wanted to say this to you. Uh, and sorry to interrupt you, but um, we were talking about how we both love when there's a reason for the suit. Mm-hmm. So. I think 500% Kara should be in pants. Like, I do not want to see her in a skirt. That's impractical. She flies. Like, I don't want to see Kara in a skirt. But if we ever wanted to bring a practical element to it, I would love for a comic book writer someday, someday to have her, um, uh, you know, sort of, you know, doing her superhero rite of passage where she's deciding on what to do for her outfit. And then uh, maybe she's talking to Clark and uh some or someone can say like do you like or do you want a maybe clark says do you want a version of my my suit and then she'll say something to the effect of you know i I like i want to look like you i want to wear something similar to you but i trained with diana on themiscara and i want to somehow look like her too and then that would be a perfect reason to have her always wear a skirt you know that is that is a great little headcanon i mean she did train she did train with diana in the pre fifty two version, so that you could conceivably, you know, in your mind grapes go and like twist the story that way. So I like it. I like both. I like both versions. I mean, it. We talked about we, you and I have talked about this off mic before, where it's like she's in a skirt because she's a girl. It's like of that era, but you know, yeah. like Mary Marvel and Supergirl, and you know, they just like, oh, you're a girl, wear a skirt. So. You know, but at the same but at the same time, it, it it has become her iconic look because it's been that way for so so long. So it's hard to you know sometimes it's hard to break out of those things. Um, right. To wrap up some of the TV, to wrap up some of the TV stuff, um, Martian Manhunter. I love love the Martian Manhunter on Supergirl. I love that suit. Uh, it really works for that character. And finally, this is a series. Um, the series finale of Gotham just happened, so we get to see a <laughs> Catwoman and a Batman on screen very, very briefly. Uh, and um, Catwoman's not... That was the conversation that inspired this entire episode. Pretty much, yeah. And so so Catwoman is not really Catwoman because she doesn't have ears. And Bat- Which and, she's called Cat since episode one, so that really bothered and me. And she has those goggles, right? She has those goggles she used to wear for years and years. Uh, and didn't she have a... Uh, didn't she also have claws as of like season four? Yes, yes, she did. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. There we go. Yep. Well, she did have the claws, so she had she had the claws in the finale. If you haven't seen the finale, I'm sorry. I'm letting you know she has claws in the finale. It's not it's okay. It's not really a spoiler. It's fine. We know who she is. And so, but I feel like you're so close at that point. Why not just do it? It's not like you're going to make another show. So who cares why she has, like, why she has ears or doesn't have ears? Just give her the ears. But... From a comic reader standpoint, Batman generally inspires people to wear costumes in Gotham, like because he's the first one doing it. And so, and Catwoman particularly is like, "Hey, I like your style. 
whoever you are, strange man dressed like a bat, I'm going to go in that direction as well. So <laughs> so that's literally Frank Miller in year one, where she's like, hey, that's fun. I'm going to do that too. So, um, so it's fine. It just would have been nice to see. And, and then there's the Batman costume. To which I yes. to which I say, you gave me a full costume. So on that so on that end, I applaud you. You gave me a full right. costume. But it that costume was only ever designed to be a silhouette. Yeah, and boy, shouldn't it have been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looks like it looks like they cosplay. were cosplay. No, I've seen cosplay way better. Honestly. I, or how about 2005 cosplay? Yeah, there you go. Before, maybe <laughs> it looks like it looks like someone saw a picture of Christian Bale's Dark Knight costume from afar and went, "Ooh, I think I can do that," and then ran out of money and a quarter a of the way of, like, through. Cereal boxes mm-hmm. and painted them and like made pads out of like cardboard and <laughs> yeah, it's just not great. Actually, so the body itself is not terrible. Like it's separated in strange places and the the. But the bat symbol itself was quite large and and prominent, and I appreciate and I appreciated that. There's almost a blue sheen to the cape, which I also kind of appreciate because I would like to see Batman in blue at, at some point on screen. But it's actually the cowl that is really awful. It's just it is it. It's sort of the right shape, though. Kind of the right shape. It depends on the angle. The ears it, are it, nice and long. Yeah, I do like the long ears, but it really depends on the angle to which he is presented. Um, and so, but the way he's presented on screen for Gotham works. But if you look at him like just when the lights on, it's they're kind of like in the middle of his head, and they shoot straight up, and it doesn't work from a side. It doesn't like work a, from like a, a TV. Yeah, it doesn't work from a from a from a middle. It doesn't. It doesn't work looking at his side profile but again i say i got the full suit on screen he literally became batman by the end and so i i must be grateful i we are at almost uh, twice our time but i can't resist asking you one last question Mm -hmm. um if you what is your as a fanboy what is the costume that you want to see realized that uh um, maybe you might not uh know what it looks like yet but, or it's just you want to see it someday. What is that for you? I want to see a accurate Doctor Doom on screen. Actually, I'm gonna go. In, it's a Marvel direction, but I is that a uh, is that the guy from Fantastic Four? That's the guy from Fantastic Four. Yeah, we've had. Ha, ha, ha. I've seen. I know stuff. I've seen three versions of Doctor Doom's costume on screen before. The first movie is barely passable but the mask looks okay so it's fine the second one's actually not bad um as far as dr doom goes it's as far as costumes but it does look kind of cheap and then the new fantastic four stick is just a truly awful 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 costume that (laughs) i will have nightmares about forever so that's probably Doctor Doom is probably oh uh, you know, Doctor Doom is probably something that I would really love to see although that second one's pretty close and a, a, an accurate Green Goblin to go to keep in a Marvel area because there's there's Power Ranger Green Goblin and then there's oh my gosh yes and then there's got hit by a car Power Rangers Green Goblin and Amazing Spider-Man and I'm just like I'm just waiting here I am like I'm just waiting for a good Green Goblin and I have yet to see one so that those are probably my two biggest ones how about you Oh, I asked the question and I was not quite prepared to answer it. I'm always I'm um, always there for you that way. Awesome. Um actually, I know my answer to this, but it's not comics. Or well, it's it's kind of comics. Um uh manga. Okay, go for it. Does that count? Yeah, it, ca- it counts. Um So, uh one of my earliest uh, fandoms, I think like Frank had Superman, you had Batman. Mm-hmm. My earliest fandom ever was Sailor Moon. I'm sure you're familiar. Oh, with I used it. to watch Sailor Moon every day before going to school. You are the coolest. But Tim, uh, you are the coolest. Every day, Tuxedo Mask was the man. Oh, oh my god. My but we school started at eight and Sailor Moon was on at seven thirty, and I lived five minutes also, away from the school, so I never finished almost any episode because we had to go to school. Oh. 
Well, Tim, if you want to have an undertaking and you want to rewatch it and like live text me the entire way, it'll probably make my entire life. All right. Um, I'll take it under advice. Also, this is yeah. <laughs> this is great, and this is me being really, really, really nerdy. I know for a fact that if you were watching it at that time in the morning, you watched it during its first run when it was like season one, because they had like this weird thing where they did season one and uh, half of season two, and they took like a couple year hiatus and they came back a couple years later and it's weird because all my peers i'm slightly younger than mm-hmm. you all my peers who love it they they have never seen the episodes that i grew up with like the ones that i watched when i was basically a fetus because that's how young i was um <laughs> but so i have a, i have a, such a soft spot for that first season um also i trust you so much knowing that you're a guy and you like sailor moon that is amazing um you know, I don't know if I want to see, like, girls running around in that exact costume or even an adaptation of that costume. But I, from the problem-solving aspect of how do we take this, how do we make it feel similar, even if we don't do it exactly, I think that that's probably one of the most unique challenges you can take up uh, with with that property, Sailor Moon. Wow. that I think that you're right. That would be incredibly challenging because comic accurate or, or um, anime accurate Sailor Moon or anything like that, like that probably wouldn't fly in live action people would raise some eyebrows so how would you how would you change that it's a good question it's a great question wow and despite being a fan for um okay literally i've been watching the show for 24 years i know this about myself Hmm. i've been watching that show for 24 years um i didn't just i didn't just tell you guys how old i was i told you how long i've been watching that's true (laughs) that's true Um, although you did say you were fetus when you started watching it so you know I was joking. I definitely was not watching it as a fetus, um, but <laughs> basically a fetus. Uh, so uh, having thought about this for the past 24 years, I don't have an answer. Um, but just how I wanted to see a Superman suit that was really cool and that still more or less was his costume, and I got to see that, I want to believe in the day where I get that for Sailor Moon. Okay. Well, there we go. I'm still I I'm still waiting on – well, I get Batflix as close as I've gotten. And it's it's almost perfect. It's like ninety nine percent perfect. I was not a huge fan of his cowl. I like longer ears uh, on a Batman. I got used to it. I I love his suit. I will say that's my favorite Batman suit. It's probably mine too. But he would actually look dumb with long ears because he's he's broad, and so to have long ears, it, it wouldn't he wouldn't look right on screen. So it's all about ratios. And so anyway, so we're way over time though. So Lauren, thank you so <laughs> much for coming on this was a blast and we'll do next time we'll do like a top 10 and top 10 top 10 best and top 10 worst uh superhero and super villain costumes we'll have a good time so uh lauren where can the people find you uh you guys can find me uh in uh, tim's mentions most of the time (laughs) um or like tweeting at him uh on twitter i am at lauren neckowin you can find me basically anywhere online using that same handle um, I also have a sort of have a podcast on the network. I'm not sure if I should mention it or not. Go for it. It was uh, uh, so uh, the Lois Lane TV show that wasn't that didn't quite leave the development stage. Um, uh, me and my friend Connor, we have a podcast on Thought Bubble Audio called Metropolis Pod, um, where we are ready to go if that show is ever uh, greenlit. We have some uh, development episodes where we talk about uh, Lois Lane and Superman and all their various adaptations. So if you guys want to see that, or if you are currently a listener and you want to see more of that, hear more of that, uh, tweet at us, at MetPod on Twitter, and uh, we'll prioritize that right away. Um, Tim, thank you so much for uh, having me on the podcast. Where can the people find me? Thank you for coming so much. Come back anytime. The people can find me at TimothyPG13, and they can, of course, follow Beer with Geeks at Beer with Geeks on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, emails at gmail.com. You can rate and review Beer with Geeks on iTunes and find us all the places that podcasts can be found. And you can check out all other Thought Bubble audio shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. So, Lauren, I say, until next time, cheers. cheers.